0: White Cloud, feed to the right, back in front. White Cloud scores! White Cloud bearing down on the goal, straight down the middle, went to the outside right for Stone. Stone tapped it right back to White Cloud. The righty rips it home. Because one hour
1: isn't enough,
0: we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Michael, nine seconds through the left circle. Number nine closing in. He scores! It's an overtime winner. Jack Eichel to the one Golden Knights with six seconds to go. From the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LBSportsNetwork.com
1: with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hour number two of the VGK Insider Show rolling along here on a Tuesday, an off day for the Vegas Golden Knights, coming off of a very successful road trip, three and one on that four-game road trip. Now they've got a three-game homestand. To look forward to, you've got the New York Rangers on who, on Wednesday, tomorrow. Then you've got the Philadelphia Flyers on Friday, and you finish up this, uh, this quick homestand with the Boston Bruins. I-, I don't know about you, Chapman, but after what we saw from Vegas and Boston last night... I cannot wait for Sunday. Like, I know there's two more games between now and then, like, and, and John Tortorella is coming to town, which is just one of my absolute favorite things in the Don't world. Don't even go there with me. I want to, John. I really, really do. Uh, you are fantastic. I, I know it's going to be hard for me to, like, contain my emotions. You've got Gerard Gallant coming back, Igor Shesterkin. Perhaps it's the first time I'll be able to see Shesterkin live and in person at T-Mobile Arena. Like, there's a lot going on when it comes to uh, this week for the Golden Knights, but if we are in for a repeat of what we saw last night, I cannot wait for Vegas-Boston. What say you?
0: Yeah, I mean, last night was a heavyweight fight, and it was a good heavyweight fight. It was like... One of those fights that you anticipate and it lives up to the expectations. A lot of times they don't. This one did because I feel like the Bruins are are a legit Stanley Cup contender. I feel like they check all the boxes. Coaching, uh, you know, they they obviously have elite players. A uh, guy who's probably gonna who who should have an award named after him when he eventually does hang it up. Uh, you know, good goaltending. So. I I think it was it was a situation where the Golden Knights they 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 went toe to toe with a heavyweight and they walked out with the, with the championship belt last night. The great news is we don't have to wait three four five months for the rematch. We get the rematch on Sunday night. I mean I don't I don't think the NHL camera is going to be in the building as far as national television, but it's one that they're probably wishing that would have been scheduled for national television because it's going to be one of those games where I think if you're lucky enough to be in attendance. You're going to see a great hockey game between two really, really good hockey teams.
1: So that is the agenda for the Vegas. Gold oh, by the way, we'll the next... be giving yep.
0: tickets away for for that game. We've oh. got we've got two pairs. So oh, four four listeners pairs. will have the opportunity to go. Well, well, two you listeners, know but.
1: You know what, Chapman? Uh just because you brought that up right now and we are we are jumping into this segment, uh, let's go ahead and give away a pair of tickets right now. It's Vegas and Boston. It's going to be a fantastic game, and you are going to go. 702-876-1340 is the number. Caller number... Mm, caller number nine. Because I just don't get the sense Jack Eichel isn't going to be involved in that game. Caller number 97028761340. You are the owner of a pair of tickets to Vegas and Boston on Sunday. So let's let's kind of shift focus here from the Vegas Golden Knights. Again, uh, an off day for Vegas as they get ready for a three-game homestand over the next uh, six days or so. And I want to talk about something a little bit more widespread when it comes to the league, and 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 a lot of this is is coming to a head tonight because you've got two guys who I feel are in contention right now for the Hart Trophy outside of Connor McDavid, and I and I think what we have to do is we've got to kind of establish some ground rules here. Connor McDavid is going to be a perennial Hart Trophy candidate. And I I, I want to set this up by talking about the the conversation that we had last week again about defensemen in the Norris Trophy. The Norris Trophy has been an award that at times has been perplexing where it's gone, who it's gone to in certain years. I think we can all agree, and eh, maybe I'm in the minority here, I think Kale McCarr is the best defenseman in the world right now. I don't know that it's particularly close either. Just like I feel like for a stretch, Victor Hedman was the best defenseman in the world for a while. How he only has one Norris Trophy, I'll never understand. I won't understand it. I don't get it. And I think we all kind of operate under the assumption, and it would probably be a correct assumption, that Connor McDavid is the best player in the world right now. At least the most gifted and dynamic offensive player this game has seen since Sidney Crosby. And listen, before everyone gets mad at me and says Alex Ovechkin exists, Alex Ovechkin is a great goal scorer. He's going to go down as the greatest goal scorer to ever play the game. He is not as dynamic an offensive player as Sidney Crosby or an all-around player like Sidney Crosby, and he's not the same type of player that Connor McDavid is. You can yell at me, you can argue with me, all that, that's fine, but Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby are very different players from Alex Ovechkin and they are both dynamic in a lot of different ways. However, for the second year in a row, I'm not certain that Connor McDavid is going to win the Hart Trophy. For the second year in a row, there emerges a couple of players that I think can seriously push McDavid to 2 or 3 in the Hart Trophy voting. Now, I will tell you, Connor McDavid will be a finalist. Unless anything drastic happens, barring any type of injury that keeps him out for an extended period of time, the, the pace that McDavid's playing at right now, the fact that he's got 22 goals in 26 games, and this looks like a year in which Connor is trying to prove to the world that he can score as much, score as many goals as he puts up points, I think Connor's going to end this season with 60 goals. I really do. The concern that I have, though, with Connor McDavid winning another hard trophy, is that I'm not sure Connor's going to win the goal scoring race. I'm not sure that a Rocket Richard is in his future. I'm not sure that Connor McDavid is going to be the guy that puts the most pucks in the back of the net by the time the season is over. And I don't think Connor can win if he's not that guy. Jason Robertson exists. And right now, in this moment, the greatest threat to Connor McDavid's Hart Trophy bid is Jason Robertson. Chapman, agree or disagree?
0: No, I agree 100 percent that Jason Robertson right now is is a legit threat to win the the Hart Trophy. Look, I mean, the reality is he he's he's the leading point scorer, or not the leading point scorer, but he's the leading uh, member of the Dallas Stars in terms of points right now, uh, and it's not even close. Like he's so far ahead of everyone else. On that team, but he's carrying the stars, and 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 I feel like that's a little bit of a criteria. Look, Dallas is a really good team. They have obviously we know from seeing Pete DeBoer for for the better part of two and a half years that he's a good coach, um, you know. But but the thing is that Jason Robertson ended last season on a high note, like he ended last season. Like wow, people were questioning can he do it again? Not only is he doing it again, he's far exceeding what he did last year for for. The Dallas starting, and he's a really, really young guy. I mean, I think he was he was the uh, 2017 draft class, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, R- Ryan, the the thing with with Robertson that I, I I give him the edge here over Conor McDavid, and I'm I'm a big believer in in the MVP award should not go to the guy who's scored the most points in the NHL. Like I I don't believe that that's what that award is for. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's baseball, hockey, basketball. The MVP should go to the guy who is the most valuable player in the league, and right now the Dallas Stars are in first place. Mm-hmm. The Edmonton Oilers are barely a playoff team. I understand Conor McDavid is is the best player in the world. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go as far to say that Jason Robertson is a better player than Conor McDavid because I think that's blasphemous. But Jason Robertson is having a much more impactful season. Than Connor McDavid and I, I feel like y- y- you can't overlook the fact that the Stars are are really a surprise team. Like I don't think anyone would have anticipated them in first place. But I mean, they're 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 playing really good hockey. They're they're a good team. But Jason Robertson is the best player on that good team, and I feel like y- you have to reward a guy who is helping his team reach those those expectations that every team has. And right now, Dallas is, is far exceeding expectations, and I'd say Edmonton is probably underwhelming, to say the least.
1: So what's your criteria? You mentioned that you have to be helping your team win, right? Like, you've got to be valuable. You've got to help your team win. Do you view the Hart Trophy as a trophy that essentially disqualifies anybody that misses the playoffs? I think I,
0: I won't go that far, but I will say you have to have some a season where everything just jumps off the charts if mm-hmm. if that's the case. Um you you look at Robertson's season, he's got forty one points, twenty three goals. He he does lead the league in goals. Um and and I'm looking right now he's got four game winning goals. So you could say that that he's definitely helping the Dallas Stars win games. I think if you're gonna give it to a guy whose team doesn't make the playoffs, that guy has to have a season unlike anything we've seen in recent memory. Um, I remember years and years ago, Alex Rodriguez won the MVP while playing for the last place Texas Rangers. And to me, that was a joke. Like, you don't give the award to a guy who who has the most statistically pleasing season. You give it to the most valuable player. And the Texas Rangers were atrocious. You take Alex Rodriguez off that team, they still suck. So I don't think you give that. I'm just not a believer that you give the award to a guy whose team is not good. I feel like the team has to be good. The team has to perform, but that guy has to really be the leader of that team. And, and you know, it's it's. I, I, I feel like we kind of change the criteria for the Conn Smythe, right? Like almost always we give the award to the guy who's the best player on the team that wins. Mm-hmm. Very rarely do you see a losing player win the Conn Smythe Trophy. I know J.S. Jaguar won it the year the Devils beat the Ducks in the Stanley Cup, but J.S. Jaguar was, was out of his mind in, in that entire playoff run for the Ducks. That's a little bit of a different situation. I think over the course of 82 games, you don't give it to a guy whose team misses the playoffs.
1: Okay, so here's the here's the comparison right now uh, over Jason Robertson and Connor McDavid in their project projections. Projections, right? So McDavid has 22 goals, 26 assists, 48 points in 26 games. He's on pace. For a 69-goal season and a 151-point campaign. that Those are ridiculous numbers by any stretch. And if that's the, the high watermark for the season, like if that's what Connor McDavid was able to do, it would be the best season that he's ever had as a professional hockey player in the National Hockey League. It would blow away his totals from last year, 123 points and 44 goals. It would be It would signify a, a massive step forward for the best player in the world. However, Jason Robertson right now is on pace for 75 goals and 134 points. So if if Jason Robertson was able to keep this up, and let's just say for the sake of argument, those are the numbers we're working with at the end of the year. You've got Jason Robertson scoring 75 goals and 135 points. He's outpaced points-wise from Connor McDavid. I still think it goes to Jason Robertson because no matter what you do, the hardest thing in the world to do in the National Hockey League is score goals. And if Connor doesn't win the scoring race there, if he does not have the most goals in the league, I think that there's always going to be opportunities to talk yourself out of voting for Connor McDavid. So if if by virtue of, of these two guys slowing down, and let's just say Connor has 20 more points or 25 more points than Jason Robertson at the end of the year. If Robertson has one or two or three more goals when it's all said and done than Connor McDavid, Jason Robertson's winning the Hart Trophy. Absolutely going to happen because I just don't think you can have a player like Connor not be the best in every category and win. For whatever reason, right or wrong, it just doesn't seem to happen that way.
0: Yeah, it, it seems a bit unfair, too, that, that we hold this guy to such a high standard that he has to have a season in which he has 150 points for us to say, yeah, he, he should be in the conversation. Um, you, you know, the, the one thing is I think in that scenario, a lot depends on the play of the Edmonton Oilers. Because if the Edmonton Oilers continue to be a borderline playoff team, I think that hurts Connor McDavid's case. You can be a star player on a bad team and your statistics are going to look phenomenal. But if the Edmonton Oilers start to win games and all of a sudden they start to creep up the standings, I think McDavid's argument becomes a lot greater, especially if they finish second in the, in the division or they're able to, to to securely find themselves in a playoff spot not having to fight the last couple of days. The problem is I don't think the Edmonton Oilers right now without Evander Kane in the lineup are good enough to, to do that. And I think... Whether, like you said, right or wrong, I feel like that really hurts Connor McDavid's
1: case. So let me push back on you for just a minute, because the Edmonton Oilers going into this year were expected to be first in the Pacific Division. Yes. They were expected to be a team that took a step. They were expected to be a world beater. They were expected to be the best team in the Pacific. The, the Dallas Stars, to, to kind of your original point... Weren't expected to be among the le- the leaders in their division. They weren't expected to be the team that was at the top of, of the division standings. They were supposed to be better. Things were were going to improve with Pete DeBoer at the helm, but they were not expected to be a first place team. So if Dallas ends up higher in the standings, regardless of whether or not the Oilers turn things around and get themselves, you know, top two, top three in the division. It's not going to matter if Dallas finishes ahead of them. And the the other thing I want to know, I want to kind of point out here with Jason Robertson, he is so impactful in his ice time. You mentioned 41 points on the year, Chapman. He's got 23 goals in 25 games. Jason Robertson is averaging about four and a half minutes less per game than Connor McDavid. Jason Robertson, his average time on ice this year is 17 minutes and 47 seconds. That's it. That's all he's averaging. We're talking about an 18-minute player as opposed to Connor McDavid, who's just about 22 minutes, 53 seconds. It gives you an idea that the Dallas Stars are a greater collection of players than the Edmonton Oilers are. It, the The Oilers have to throw Connor McDavid out there for 23 minutes a night and Leon Dreisaitl out there for 23 minutes a night because they don't have the depth and they don't have the defense and they don't have the goaltending to, to win hockey games unless they run those two into the ground. But at the same time, Jason Robertson has been so impactful. What would happen to his totals? What would happen to his numbers if he was averaging just you know forty-five seconds to a minute more on the power play? Yeah, it, it gives you an idea of just how prolific Robertson has been this year.
0: Yeah, and and I guess a, a little bit more to to kind of push that. Jason Robertson doesn't have a Leon Dreisidel on his team. No, I mean he's no, got he he's doesn't. got he's got some some uh, like you said a solid group of players. You know the ageless wonder, Captain America, Joe Pavelski. Uh, you know, the fact that he's still getting the job done at thirty eight years old. I mean, he's got ten goals on the season. Rupe hints, hints, good hints, player hints, good player, thirty points on the season. Jamie Ben is is rejuvenated, right? Jamie Ben all of a sudden is scoring goals again. He's he's yeah. he's he's a really he's been really, really good, but I think top to bottom the Dallas Stars, you look at their their roster, you look at coaching, they're a better team than the Edmonton Oilers, at least right now. Now, that may not be the case come come April when when all this stuff gets sorted out, but, I mean, right now, 25 games in, Dallas Stars are, are a much better team, and Jason Robertson doesn't have to carry that team, but he is, because, like you said, it, they just have a better group of players, and, you know, I think Pete DeBoer, I, I, I still sometimes feel like, you know, he was never really given a fair shot by by the fan base here, but... The guy's a really good hockey coach. I mean, he is a, when, when we talk about best coaches in the NHL, Pete DeBoer's name is always near the top of the list. It has to be. And you look at the, just the impacts that he's had on that team. I mean, this was a team that, that limped into the playoffs. They barely made it last year. We all remember how that ended. And then they end up winning a first-round series against Calgary Flames. And we were like, are hey, they the worst team to win a playoff series in a really, really long time. Now, all of a sudden, Pete DeBoer's at the helm, and we're like, man, can the Dallas Stars win? Can they win that division? Are are they going to dethrone the Colorado Avalanche in that division? It's certainly looking like that's a real possibility.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Now, we mentioned Jason Robertson. We By the mentioned way, Connor McDavid. Playing
0: his brother tonight.
1: Uh- <laughs> Well, that's not the matchup. No, 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 but but I, on, I I think Chapman. it's cool.
0: You know, you got Jason uh, and Nick on on opposite ends. They just showed yeah. his mom in the stands. She's wearing her her Dallas Stars jersey with her Maple Leafs hat.
1: Come on, mm-hmm. that's what we all signed up for, right? No, no, not at all. <laughs> not even a little bit. And and unfortunately, like, could you imagine being Nick Robertson there? Right? Like, oh man, like, that's a tough look. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. It's well, a mom's only look. got the uh, hat on. So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like 23 goals in 25 games. You know you know how you, who you're showing up for. Well, I, know wait, I know who my mom's
0: jersey would be wearing in that case.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, aside from the fact that both of us understand how to say Rupe hints, uh, listen, I, I've got to ask you this question. Is there anyone else outside of those two that you can see with a legitimate case for the Hart Trophy? Well, I... I feel like we
0: always overlook David Pasternak. Yeah. And you know, you look at his numbers and and they're always really, really good. Uh, you know, Boston Bruins are a team. I I feel like for whatever reason, a lot of their players, they're you know, we we always look at Bergeron as as just pencil him in as a finalist for the Selkie. But I feel like a lot of those guys on that team, they get overlooked a lot as far as how individually good they are. And Pasternak is a guy who's having a, a really, really good season, but probably overshadowed a little bit by um, the, the the guys we mentioned. But he's a guy who who I think could kind of slide into the discussion, especially if Boston continues to win games. Uh, you know, I I don't know why we 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 overlook him so much, and and I don't say we as in you and I, I mean we as in like the collective hockey media as far as just what a great player that guy is, and and I mean he's. He's a guy. I mean, you like I said, you look at his numbers and, and they're every bit as good as the other two guys we mentioned, and he's playing for a team that is a legit Stanley Cup contender. So um that that's a guy who I think could be in there. The way I look at it, though, it's probably a two horse race at this point between McDavid and Robertson. And, you know, we'll just have to see if someone else there's a lot of hockey left in the season, see if someone else could go on a run and get really hot and put themselves into discussion. But I, I, I mean I, I, I don't really feel like anyone else has, a, has an opportunity at this point.
1: Okay, I'm going to throw a, a name at you somewhat out of left field, but it, it shouldn't really be. What about Sidney Crosby? So we're talking about a two-time Hart Trophy winner. Uh, you know what Sidney Crosby's done in his career. He's got two goals tonight. That puts him on pace for 47 goals this year at age 35. Like, it's been a renaissance season for Sidney Crosby. He's he's on pace somewhere in the ballpark of 110 points and 47 goals. I know it's not going to come close to the numbers that McDavid and, and say, Jason Robertson and, and perhaps maybe even, like, a Mitch Marner uh, or Austin Matthews if he gets hot. Like, I know those numbers aren't going to be there. But, like, a 110-point pace season from Sidney Crosby where he's going to be somewhere in the ballpark of 40 to 50 goals at 35? Doesn't that warrant some consideration, especially if the Penguins are a playoff team?
0: It moves the needle for me a a, a little bit just because of his age. And look, I I think hockey fans, maybe if you're a Capitals fan or if you're a Flyers fan, you may not like Sidney Crosby. (laughs) But like, I feel like across the league, Sidney Crosby is a very well-liked guy and a well-liked player. I think we can appreciate just how awesome he is and how important he is to the game. I would love to see him have a season like you just mentioned, and and somehow, if he's there at the end, it's just incredible because I I, I feel like we want to see Sid go out with a big win, right? Because I, I I think in my mind, the guy the guy is obviously a surefire first ballot Hall of Fame. There's no just not, not even a debate about that. But I feel like for us, so much of his career was robbed due to injury that it would just be such an awesome storybook ending to see Sidney Crosby win the Hart Trophy in a year where, where, where it's kind of wide open. I mean, we, we mentioned the two guys, but if, if Sid could somehow slide in there, all of a sudden you're like, oh, that would be that would be awesome. I shouldn't say wide open. It's not wide open. It's, no, it's, no. But, no, but, no, but, no, but, no,
1: Chapman. Chapman, you should say that because it is. Yeah, I like, mean it's, it's again, we're we're talking about we're talking about McDavid potentially hitting close to 70 goals and 151 points if the projections hold up the way that they are and it is wide open. It feels wide open. It doesn't feel like there's anything Connor can do outside of running away with the goal scoring race to 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 just make this automatic. It does feel wide open, which is ridiculous, but it's the truth.
0: Yeah, by the way, I'm watching the replay of one of the goals he scored tonight and the Columbus players somehow deflected it off his calf and into the net. <laughs> Crosby scoring a goal that way. Uh, I mean, look, I, I like I said, i I feel like so much of his career was was stolen from him. And I feel like we as fans, the game we 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 missed seeing a lot of this guy at his very, very best. But at thirty five, He's still better than a majority of the players in the league. Like I, my, my wife and my kid went to the Penguins game. It was the only game they went to last year. And I told my wife, just watch 87 for Pittsburgh every time he's on the ice. Mm-hmm. And she knows nothing about the game. And she said, wow, that guy's really good. I said, yeah, he, he's one of the best players on the planet. And he's, he's, he's only a couple years younger than me. So, uh, you know, it, it would be phenomenal. I really, really would love to see that because I feel like it would be a storybook ending to his career. I'm um, at thirty-five, what seventeen years after his career began, to to win a Hart Trophy, it it would just be ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I I think that's a really interesting one to throw uh, to to throw in here. But I, I do, we would be remiss if we don't bring this up uh, ahead of the puck drop in Dallas between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Dallas Stars. It, it, it's not that you know Jason Robertson's playing against his brother Nick. It's that you've got players with. 18-plus game point streaks on the line in the same game for the first time in NHL history. Jason Robertson has an 18-game point streak, 21 goals, 13 assists, 34 points in that time span. And Mitch Marner riding a 19-game point streak sets the Toronto Maple Leaf record for point streaks. Nine goals, 17 assists, 26 points in the streak. Uh Okay, who... Oh boy. Whose streak ends? Is it jason robertson's is it mitch marner is it both guys or is it neither what say you chapman
0: i feel like we're going to be we're, we're, we're going to be set up for disappointment in that both <laughs> streaks will end tonight only because i it's murphy's law right like yeah. th- th- this game is circled for for that reason and i feel like we're, we're going to be disappointed because neither one of those guys are going to have a point tonight i think yeah. it'd be great if both continue uh you know, I, I think Kaprizov also has an, an absolutely disgusting point streak going on too. But I mean, as far as tonight, I just I just want to see these both both of these guys continue their point streak. I mean, it, it's it's a cool story. It's good for the sport when you have guys like like this putting up ridiculous numbers in consecutive games. It, it's just great for the sport. So I want to see both continue. But my gut tells me both end. We're going to get like a really disappointing, boring one nothing game. No, I I don't think that's going to happen. Neither one of these teams are are going to roll out the one nothing game. But uh, yeah, it it would be cool to see them continue. But Ryan, I, I I'm going to disappoint you and say both both end.
1: Yeah, I don't. Know. I'm not a fan. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not with that. Is that uh, the worst take? But we'll see. That's the worst take. We're, I could. That's have given. that's the worst take you've had. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the worst take you've had on the show today. I I don't know that both of them are going to end. But I I do think that we're either going to have a ridiculous night of offense where you've got like a four-point night or a five-point night uh, from from Mitch Marner and and maybe a hat-trick from Jason Robertson, or it's like you said, Chapman, it's going to be like one or two to nothing or two to one, and maybe both streaks survive the night. I don't know, but I I can tell you I'm going to be glued to that game as it starts here in just a few minutes. We're back next with one-timers on the VGK Insider Show. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores.
0: It's time for one-timers.
1: One-timers.
0: Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show.
1: One-timers are daily look around the league. News and notes from the NHL. So I got a rant about Jordan Bennington. When is this guy going to get it? Like, when is it going to happen? When is it going to be a thing where Jordan Binnington doesn't do Jordan Binnington things? And I'm not talking about stopping pucks because he's not doing that much these days with the St. Louis Blues. Jordan Binnington, if you missed it over the weekend, in a game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, in which Jordan Binnington allowed four goals and was pulled just a minute and 51 seconds into the second period... Jordan Binnington absolutely line. Jason Zucker behind the net. Dangerous play. Zucker went hard into the boards. Not a good look. But then again, when you are the biggest NHL tough guy, fake tough guy, you don't really care if it's a bad look or not. So Jordan Binnington does this. Then Jason Zucker scores a minute and 51 seconds into the second period. An emphatic goal celebration for Zucker. He goes to the bench and Jordan Binnington, who clotheslined him, took a cheap shot, all that stuff that Jordan Binnington does every single time he plays a game, came out in frustration, in in competitive juices, in, in caring so much to the point where Jordan Binnington ripped his helmet off, skated by the Penguins bench, started yelling at Jason Zucker because, you know, Jason Zucker did something wrong and then got a 10-minute misconduct. While being pulled from the game, Like, here's my issue with Jordan Binnington. It'd be one thing if he actually wanted to fight. It'd be one thing if Jordan Binnington was actually trying to do something positive for his team with his antics. It would be one thing if he was trying to rally the troops. It'd be one thing if he actually was showing how much he cared. You know how you can show how much you care, Jordan? Stop the puck. Get your game figured out. Stop worrying about being the guy that gets out of his net looking for a fight that you don't actually want. It's getting tiresome watching Jordan Binnington try to pick a fight and then walk away from said fight with his own shadow. And I just hope one day, and I don't care who it is, I don't care if it's a goaltender, I don't care if it's a forward, I don't really care who it is but I do hope one day somebody obliges Jordan Binnington in a position where a referee cannot save him because we will see just how fake this tough guy act is with Jordan Binnington in that moment. Chapman, you have anything to add?
0: Yeah, I'll I'll say I, I saw the, the play where he, he hit Zucker and it was cheap. It was about as cheap as you can get. And I saw people, and, and what blows my mind is I saw people defending it on Twitter. Like, it's an indefensible act. Like he sticks his glove out and he basically chops Jason Zucker right across the chops. It's like something you'd see in the WWF. It, it was it was cheap. It was lame. And I'm glad Zucker came back and put a puck right behind him. You know, like like good, good on Jason Zucker. And I and I don't say this because we've had Jason Zucker on the show, but it it, it just shows. How mentally unstable Jordan Binnington is in net. And and look, the, the the reality is he's been awful this year. He's below 500 in terms of his record. His goals against average is is almost 3.5 goals a game. His save percentage is under nine, 900. He's been really, really bad. And the Blues have been really, really bad. They've stunk. This was a team last year where I think we we looked at what they did and we said you know what they could they could be a contender in, in the Central Division this year. Ryan, they stink. They're bad. Yeah. They're, they're they're they may not make the playoffs. And you look at it, the, the other thing is I think his act, mm-hmm. I think it wears on the team.
1: Oh, I agree, hundred percent. Like I I, I think 100%. it's a distraction. Do you think Ryan O'Reilly? Wants this? No. Do you think Greg Baruby wants no, this? No, definitely Do you think not. That the St. Louis Blues want this out of Jordan Binnington? No, they want him to stop pucks. And it's one thing if you've got that edge, if you've got that chip when your game is dialed in, but it's not for Jordan Binnington. He needs to focus more on playing in his blue paint, on stopping pucks, and not on trying to figure out ways he can cheap shot his opposition. Well he wants it's ridiculous. He's gotta grow up. He wants He's a- gotta he- grow up.
0: He wants to be Ron Hextall, but he doesn't want to be Ron Hextall. Like Ron Hexdal was a guy who, you know, what he he would he would kick your butt. Yeah. Jordan Bennington, he he's a, another wrestling reference. He's like the, the the little manager who would interfere in a match and then go hide behind the big tough guys. You know, it's yeah. it's like he's like Bobby the Brain Heenan. He's going to interfere in the sure. match, but he's going to hide behind Hercules or hide behind Andre the Giant when 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 the chips are stacked against him. It's just tiresome. It's like you know what? Go out there, and stop pucks, cut the act. The yeah, guy, the, the guy's the won next... a Stanley Cup. He's obviously got the ability to be a phenomenal goalie, but just the act is wearing thin.
1: It, it's and, and it's just, it's exactly that. It's an act. So like either either do it or don't do it. Right? Like like either either do those things and get a fight and 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 show out that way, or stop doing it because we all know you don't want to fight. We all know that in no set of circumstances did Jordan Binnington actually want to drop the gloves with anybody. And 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 listen. One day it'll happen. If he continues to do this, if it continues to be a situation where he just cannot help himself, there will be a retribution. There will be a reckoning, a reckoning of some point. And I don't know how many of his teammates are like legitimately going to have his back in that moment. But enough hot air about jordan binnington i think we've said what we needed to say here's an interesting one the athletic scott powers is reporting that the chicago blackhawks aren't convinced they will be able to get jonathan taves and patrick kane to waive their no move clauses ahead of the march 3rd trade deadline listen you trade alex to in the offseason you trade kirby dock in the offseason you want to be as bad as humanly possible and you've got two players who had great success who are playing relatively well this year on expiring deals who you should not under any circumstance whatsoever bring back into your organization next year how big of a misstep would this be if the Chicago Blackhawks cannot convince these two players to waive their no trade clauses and get them out of town when they can actually get something back for it.
0: Well, it would be a disaster. I I mean I, I'll be I'll be honest here Ryan. Right? I don't understand why Kane and Taves would not be willing to waive their no trade clause. Like do these guys not want to win? Are they are they happy being on this team that that is I mean, it was a promising start, but then reality caught up with them, and and they're just not that good. I mean, <laughs> you look at the roster, it's like an AHL roster sprinkled mm-hmm. in with, with a couple of really good stars. I mean, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Tays, Max Domi's having a really good year for them, but but everybody else, I mean, you, you look at the roster, Sam Lafferty, Reese Johnson, Boris Kachuk. I mean, who are these no, guys? No, 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 no,
1: no, 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 don't mess that name up. Don't mess that name up. It's Boris Kachuk. Kachuk, yeah, like God bless you. Yep.
0: And then yep. they then they have the the real God bless you guy, Andreas Athanasiou, on their team. So like, but but you look at their roster, they suck. Why would these Why do these guys want to be a part of it? Like, I can't. And maybe it's because I was a competitive athlete when I was mm-hmm. younger. Like, I hated losing. I hated it. Like, I would I would want to punch things when we lose games. Fortunately, I have mean, if I've I'm grown up, like if, but, if I'm but, Patrick.
1: If I'm Patrick Kane, I'm I, I'm eyeing some some franchise records. If I'm Jonathan Taves, you you've been a captain for this team for a long time, a legacy. You want to be there, but like the the bigger piece to me is, regardless of whether or not they decide or don't decide to 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 waive their no trade clause, you do not bring them back next year. Like, well, they're, they're, do they're not con- talk yeah. yourself into Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane back with the chicago Blacks. just don't do it i don't think you can rebuild
0: with those two guys because no, they're going to command top dollar obviously you're you're, you're going to give them the well they've been here a really long time so here's the reward contract for being here a really long time yeah i mean it, it's just a it's it's terrible for the blackhawks i mean if if you're if you're the general manager right now you're, you're you know you're asking yourself why did? Wh- what are we doing? What are we doing here? We we traded yeah. away all of our good players to rebuild young players. Yes, yes, good players, good young players to break so, it. Kirby Doc and and here we are, we're in last place, and the two pieces we really want to move to be able to to get some something back and really start to focus on a rebuild. Don't want to be traded. It's yeah. a bizarre situation, and it, it just kind of speaks volumes to how dysfunctional that franchise has become.
1: Well, the Blackhawks are going to have to figure it out. Uh, One more real quick before we go. Uh, Reported earlier today um, that Nathan McKinnon is out for at least four weeks. With an upper body injury, he left the game last night against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, which would be okay, like, if it was just Nathan McKinnon. But let me just give you an idea of what the sh- the Colorado Avalanche are up against right now with injury. Shane Bowers is out. Bowen Byram, out. John Luke Foodie out. Darren Helm, out. Gabe Landeskog, out. Arturi Lekkinen out. Curtis McDermott, out. Josh Manson, out. Valeri Nechuskin, out. Evan Rodriguez, out. Like, it is ridiculous the bad luck that the Colorado Avalanche have run into this year with injuries right now. If no one comes back, the two best players on the Colorado Avalanche that you'll remember are Miko Rantan and Kale McCarr. Like it's an unenviable position for the defending Stanley cup champions. I still think they're going to be okay, but they're falling and fading. And it's no surprise that that's the case. Uh, I know in Vegas we're not going to feel bad for them based on the the year the Golden Knights had last season, but boy, oh boy, that is some tough news for the Colorado Avalanche. Those are your one-timers for today, Tuesday, December 6th. We're back to wrap it up next, Catching Up With Chapman.
0: When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up With Chapman. All right. Well, I want to give a big, big shout out to my high school, uh, Tom's River High School North in New Jersey. They won a state championship in football over the weekend, won multiple state titles in football, you know, going back many, many years. But uh, this one is a bit special because they became the first team in the history of the state of New Jersey to go 14 and 0 in the season. They actually expanded the season, started playing a few more games, added a few more playoffs and the Toms River High School North, they will now go down in the history books as the first team in the history of New Jersey high school football to go 14-0 in the season. So needless to say, I'm proud of my my high school. We've produced a Super Bowl champion, guy who played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they won the Super Bowl when John Gruden was their coach, but uh guy I played with, actually, so a long time ago. But, yeah, it, it, it was cool when I saw that yesterday, and I'm very proud of my high school. And uh, congratulations to the Mariners. That was our nickname, uh, the Blue and Gold, Toms River North state champions once again in the state of New Jersey.
1: Oh wow, that's it. That's all you got. Eh? That's all I got.
0: Yeah, that's it. <clears throat> I know right, well, I know you want one. to add something to uh, uh no. to, to something we talked about earlier.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh 20, 20 game point streak for <laughs> Mitch Marner. He gets the primary assist on John Tavares' game opening goal. I couldn't have so been, been more wrong 1-0, about that. One <laughs> nothing Toronto. It took like 30 Just seconds. About, Just about five minutes into the game, um, and Mitch Marner has a 20-game point streak. So now the onus is on Jason Robertson to go out and, like, score, I don't know, four or five goals. Yeah, come on. Answer back, Jason. Really, really fun. (laughs) By the way, speaking of fun, we've got another pair of tickets to give away for Vegas and Boston. We're going to do that right now. Vegas-Boston Sunday evening. Caller number 20. Caller number 20 in honor of Mitch Marner's 20-game point streak. Today was fun, Chapman.
0: Yeah, I had a blast. Millard should take more days off.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Don't tell him that. Yeah, well. Don't tell him I, that. I, I might end like, up being the one
0: taking days off now that I say that out loud. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you reap what you sow. Caller number 20, 702 is the number. We will talk to you tomorrow, 4 o'clock. From T-Mobile Arena, Fox Sports, Las Vegas.